Hey friends, we got a great conversation lined up for you today. I'm speaking with Kasha Covillier and she specializes in working with women. Her mission is to help people walk in joy daily because she believes that the more joy you have, the more you want to share it. And that's how we can make the world a better place. So I'm excited to share this conversation with you. We talk about a crisis moment in her own marriage and how her and her husband rallied through that time. There's a lot of little nuggets in there to glean from that time, especially if you're somebody who's in the midst of a crisis. This is something you're going to want to hear to give you a lot of hope. And it's just a really interesting story as well. I think it's people generally gravitate to stories like these because there's so many beautiful, powerful lessons of growth, perseverance, resilience in her story. And so I'm really happy to share this with you as a way to continue to deepen those connections with those that you love. So let's jump in. Hi, I'm Regina Boyd, licensed marriage and family therapist and licensed mental health counselor, and your host of the Connecting Out Loud podcast. Here, we talk about connections with our families as they relate to our mental health and Catholic faith, all while connecting you with those you love the most. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Let's dive in. Kasha, thank you so much for being here on Connecting Out Loud. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited. So for those who aren't familiar with you, just tell us a little bit about you. How long have you been married? All of that good stuff. So I've been married for over uh, six years. I met my husband in Brazil during World Youth Days. So actually, the story is pretty, uh, I can tell it real short. (laughs) Uh, So I I suffered from a lot of anxiety after I lost my beloved grandma and my 18-year-old dog died also in the short period of time. And I had so much anxiety, I couldn't even leave the house. I could only lay in bed and pray. And my relationship with God got even stronger. And I had the thought I should go to World Youth Days in Brazil. It was just a thought. I didn't share it with anyone. And a week <laughs> after, I received an email from a friend who was asking me if I wanted to go to World Youth Days in Brazil. I'm like, okay, um, they had one spot left. So I didn't know what to do because I had all this anxiety. I couldn't leave the house, let alone dr- fly to Brazil. <laughs> but uh, I was praying and I opened a calendar with a Bible verse for that day. And it said, go and make disciples of all nations, which was the motto of World Youth Days in Brazil. So wow. I, cu- I couldn't have a clearer sign I should go. <laughs> so I went and I uh, met my husband there in Aparecida. And then... When we met, it was like we've known each other forever. We talked all night and we spent um, every minute we could with each other. And then we went to Rio separately. He was with his group. I was with my group. And then uh, we tried to find each other, but he didn't have a working phone. So it wasn't easy. Rio is huge. Last chance to meet was on Copacabana Beach when there was a meeting with Pope and I texted him, I will be in the tallest uh, hotel on Copacabana Beach at nine. Like I sent it through Messenger. I didn't know if he's going to see it because his phone wasn't working. So and I didn't know if I will be able to get there. But uh, when my group approached Copacabana Beach, it was so packed with people. It was three and a half millions of people there. So we couldn't get in. 
and we were praying and we all had a thought we should meet with the priest whom we separated with earlier that day and turned out he was at the tallest hotel on Copacabana Beach in front of there so perfect and I was praying to God please let me see him again if it's your will if not that's okay but I'd really like to <laughs> and then the crowd like separated I say like a red sea and we entered the beach and I was late but when I was approaching the tallest hotel I see him going from the opposite direction and it was like a slow motion movie we ran into each other's arms and I say never leave me again and then yeah we were in a long distance relationship we got engaged in Paris on Valentine's Day the next year and then we got married in Poland because I am originally from Poland he is from Canada so after we got married I moved to Canada and yeah we just live here now <laughs> Wow. That is such a cool story. I mean, if you've ever had any doubts about whether or not, you know, God wanted you to meet a certain person, I don't think, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you can ever question it after that story. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you and I kind of crossed paths, um, on online recently on social media, and you shared that you kind of have a really interesting experience for not having been married very long, right? Six years. And, already experiencing a lot of life experience in your marriage. I think you have a situation where your husband almost died. Is that right? Yes. Yes. So it started last Christmas, actually on Christmas day, uh, he felt he couldn't breathe. So we had to call an ambulance and they took him to the hospital and they did some tests and they said, it's probably asthma attack. And so they gave him antibiotics and some steroids and let him out. But they did a um, test on him and it showed like something's wrong with his heart, but they didn't like follow up. So uh, the two weeks after he couldn't breathe again, so I had to drive him to the hospital again. The same thing, they gave him antibiotics and steroids and I called and asked, And um, I said, please check his heart because the first test showed that something might be wrong. But they're like, oh, it's probably nothing. It's probably asthma. Okay. So uh, he got out and he was on the steroids and he swelled so bad. His feet were like huge. You wouldn't even believe it was human feet. And so I called the cardiologist and I say, well, can you do something about it? He probably shouldn't be on those steroids. And he said, okay, he can get off the steroids and um, we're going to check his heart. We're going to do echo. But the date to check it, it was like really far ahead. So I was trying to get him earlier, but uh, it was impossible. And and one day he was uh, with uh, my daughter, our daughter, she's almost two now. And he, he was able to like put her on the ground and he fainted, like he just fell on the floor. Wow. And they told us later it was what's called aborted death event. So he could have died because his heart stopped. And then I took him to a different hospital. And in that hospital, he was diagnosed with heart failure. He had so much water in his lungs and like his heart function was at 10%. So at that point, uh, like I was thinking, is he going to make it or not? His heart was huge. 
so oh my god it was so it's so hard to talk about this because it was it was really traumatic experience and everything happened so fast so they did tons of tests on him and they implanted him with the it's called crt it's like a um, pacemaker and something that will help if he has this cardiac event again so when he got back from the hospital uh, and I saw him like he lost tons of weight he was so skinny that like my heart just broke and and then a few days after he had some event again like he he started vomiting and he had so much chest pain and I was freaking out like I called ambulance so um, then they they hit, had to stay in the hospital again and he's on tons of medicine and he's a young man and it came out of nowhere like we don't know what happened and with the being misdiagnosed made things worse so now um we're just hoping he will get better like his heart function is a little bit better so but the, our whole lives changed because the plans we had and now we have to adjust everything again so thank god my mom was here because she lives in poland and she just came visiting the perfect time like god knew to send her here wow. because with that little baby i was like so much so stressed and trying to take care of him and take care of her so thank god my mom was here and that helped a lot Oh my goodness. So you're still kind of in the midst of figuring out what this all is and what's happening. So how much time was that between when he had that first asthma diagnosis until, you know, I guess now, I guess. So, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so it was in December. So end of December when he got taken to the hospital first time. And then in February, I think they finally diagnosed him okay. with the heart failure all those things and he had his thing implanted so the pacemaker implanted so yeah so it was a while and you said you're making a lot of adjustments I'm assuming like different physical activities and those types of plans what you yeah he can't drive a car now like he will be able again but it has to be six months from the event when he can drive again so I have to drive him everywhere and um and he can't lift like he can now, but there was a period of time when he couldn't lift anything. So he couldn't even hold the baby. Wow. So that was like really hard period of adjusting. So I'm really grateful my mom was here. So she would be helping with the baby when I could drive him to the doctor's appointment or something like that. Wow. And so how do you stay close and maintain your relationship during that time? I mean, it's so much upheaval, so many questions in the air. I mean, you probably, I can imagine, don't even feel like there's a way to kind of focus on yourself because you're just worried about survival at this point. How? Yeah. 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 We're still, um, we still try to like stay close by spending as much time as we can together and like going for short walks at least. And because now he's getting a little stronger so he can go for a walk or somewhere visit a park or something like that go by the river so we try to still maintain that closeness together and uh, pray together and I think prayer was the thing that got me through the most of it 
because I don't know what I would do if I didn't have my faith. <laughs> Prayer just kept me calm. And I have to tell you the one, the day when he, the, he like collapsed, I woke up with so much gratitude in my heart and I didn't know what was going to happen. I woke up with so much joy that I had to kneel and thank God I don't do things like that, but I just had to kneel and I felt so like I felt God's presence. And then when that happened, I knew God was with me. So that helped me a lot because wow. I knew he's beside me and I was praying. And when he was in the surgery, it helped me to calm down and just trust God. So yeah, prayer was the, <laughs> the main thing that helped us. And it wasn't easy to adjust because my husband had lots of also like feelings and anger that all this happened and like dealing with some, I feel like crisis of faith at some point. So that wasn't easy. And I yeah. didn't want to argue with him about anything because I was scared I will raise his blood pressure or something. <laughs> so, you know, it was like really um, hard for me. So I needed to just, just remember that, it will pass and it's just his emotions. He's dealing with a lot of things. So I had to be very understanding. And it also helped me realize that we shouldn't like sweat over small things, right? It's not important. What's important is that I still have him because I thought at one point I'm going to lose him. I had thought what I'm going to do. Should I go back to Poland? Like it was crazy. Um, and I just appreciate that he's in my life and and whatever things we'll, we'll go through together. And yeah, just don't fight about little things. Just be understanding. and Right. Nothing like a crisis or a traumatic event to really put things in perspective. Yeah, for and sure. There's just so much that happens that you're talking about, you know, stages of grief and loss. His, so him grieving over what he thought life would look like and having to make those adjustments. And then you just wanting to make sure you're, you're kind of going into a bit of a caretaker role of you know, well, I don't want to upset him because that might affect his blood pressure. Right. And so yeah. having to gauge all of those daily conversations and interactions that I think so many people take for granted, I know I take for granted, um, and how much that can just, um, because of the heart failure, just how that influences kind of like this blanket over the relationship for a while. Um, yes. Just picks at all the different parts and aspects and ways that you don't really realize or think about. Yeah, that gratitude, like you say, like I was always a grateful person, but now my gratitude is even bigger and I'm like focusing on every small thing. I was happy when he woke up, you know, I was grateful he woke up. So that was already a great day, right? And that we could talk or that he could go for a walk or hold the baby for the first time in a while. So those little things that, like you say, we take for granted, they, they are a big things for me and like I appreciate them even more and I try to remember all the time like have this mindset that you know I am grateful that he's with me and just his presence is good. <laughs> 
Wow. Yeah. And I, I imagine that's really how you make sure that you don't take that for granted is by being grateful for those little things. Um, is there anything else you do to sort of make sure that you don't take your marriage for granted? Uh, yeah, well, prayer for sure. Like I think praying together is very important for when you're in a relationship because you invite God into your relationship. And then when he's with you, it's totally different. It's easier to deal with hard situations. And just remembering that I, you you don't want to think about it, but you could lose that person anytime, right? So just like being grateful and going back to the moments where everything was great. I think it's important for every marriage to remember those first days when you met and how in love you were and how you appreciate every conversation, every phone call. So for us, it was already from the beginning, we were in a long distance relationship. So every meeting was great and something to be grateful for. And so we had this gratitude from the get-go, but now it's even more. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't imagine. Um, I think, yeah, I talk about that all the time of remembering those early days. And I think a lot of people want that. How do you get that that spark back? Um, yeah. And just by you saying it, I think, Kasha, just puts it um, in a whole new perspective, just telling it from your perspective, really, really sobers, sobers the mind quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> What have you found that helps you and your husband have a better marriage in general? I mean, clearly this situation is one major <laughs> key. Um, anything else? Oh, well, I find that spending time together whenever you can, even though like we have a little baby now, but we can even incorporate her and go as a family somewhere, but it's important to spend the time together, not just be separately. I'm going to watch a movie and I'm going to do read a book, which is good too, like to have your own thing, but remembering that like you should spend time together as well. So make sure at least every day, a few minutes, you can talk to each other without distractions, without any phone around or something like that. So yeah, spending time together, praying together, I think that like spending time with God together is really important, like I said, to build a marriage and celebrating little things and little anniversaries. It's nice to bring that spark. It helps bring that spark back, I feel like. And remembering that you can't change someone else, but you can influence them how you act. So I feel like Sometimes we are mad at someone for behaving a certain way, but we can't force someone to be different, just accepting how, where, who they are. And what you can change is how you look at the situation and whether you decide to get mad over those little things and remembering the perspective, what's really important and how I'm trying to remember how I can be a better wife, what I can do to have a better marriage with him not what he can do to make it better but what I can do and I noticed that when I change that perspective and I am trying more he is trying as well so that works both ways right yeah positively influencing and encouraging yes. and and it's easier it's easier to focus on yourself exactly <laughs> you can yeah you can't control another person as much as we <laughs> we'd like to <laughs> 
Um, because of course, everything I think is right and the right way to do things, but, yes. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you for that advice. It's very helpful. What about any advice for people who are experiencing something similar, unexpected difficulty in their own relationship or some type of crisis situation? What advice would you give to people in that situation? So what helped me was like, um, six things. <laughs> Number one, prayer for sure pray and surrender to god's will it's god's will and it gives you that calmness and number two support uh reach out to friends or family when you're in a difficult situation because i know we tend to show the best version of ourselves the best life like on social media uh, it seems like everyone has awesome life, but it's the only you who suffers, but that's not true. So it's important to reach out because what helped me was when my friends were checking on me. How are you? Like even calling uh, to your calling your friend helped me process the emotions and having that support was really helpful. And then gratitude. So being grateful about every little thing and making a gratitude list every night even though you're going through hard things you can still find something to be grateful for you can for example you have energy to help take care of that person or you have a roof on above your head or you you had a warm meal whatever it is you can find something to be grateful for then helping others charity that helped me too because uh, there was a cold winter and I decided to prepare uh, scarves and hats and some sweaters for those in need and donate them. So helping someone else also helps you see your problems from a different perspective and giving back is always good. It's, it just makes you feel better. So not only you help others, you help yourself by helping others. And then uh, distractions. So uh, sometimes just going for a walk or doing something that you're involved and you don't have to think about it all the time, even cleaning or so I was clearing my closet and that helped too because I was focusing on that one thing. And um, just letting go because giving everything to God, you, you only can control as much. You can't control, for example, if someone got sick, what you can control is you can take care of them, keep their spirit lifted or pray. So find what you can do and don't worry about what you can't control. Just accepting that lifts the big burden of yourself because you give it all to God and you're focusing on things you can control and you can do. So that I would advise those things. Thank you. Would you mind repeating just the six main yeah, points? Yeah. Again? So number one, prayer. Number two, uh, support. Number three, gratitude. Number four, distractions. Number five, charity. And number six, letting go. Thank you. Very, very helpful. I think there's going to be a lot of people who appreciate that and just need, you know, something tangible to hold on to during this time because it can be so challenging. And I would add talking to someone, like you said, the support, yeah. um, especially um, a therapist, somebody like that who can help you during those difficult yes. times. 
thank you so much for, for being here and for sharing your story. How can people get in touch with you? Where can they find you? Well, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm on Instagram, on Facebook. You can find me at Walking Joy Center. So that's my account. So you can find me either on Instagram or on Facebook. And I have a website, walkingjoycenter.com. So you can go there and all my info is there. So if you want to talk, if you're going for something similar, you need someone to talk to, I'll be happy to help you and talk, talk with you at least. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. If you have enjoyed this episode, you can find more Connecting Out Loud content on our Facebook and Instagram pages. As always, I appreciate each and every review. So if you can take some time to rate and review this show, I read each one and I love hearing from you. Be intentional and connect out loud.